0: It's good to see everybody this morning. Welcome everybody that's here. Those are watching the live broadcast now. Welcome for those upstairs. Welcome. Isn't a great morning already? Just unbelievable. This is such a cool, cool morning. Uh, Number one, Miss cracks me up. That is, she is so good up here. We're doing those uh, community life updates. That's great. But also, isn't that awesome? God's provision, we got chairs coming that like I just couldn't believe how fast since they ordered them that they'd be arriving. So we're looking forward to that, the blessing of those chairs. And we don't wanna be arrogant for sure, but we had John the Baptist here this morning too. It was an awesome thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know it's great stuff. So God's good. You know, we've just just got so many things, and John's been He's been part of this church since he was a kid. He was a teenager when the church started back in 75. and It's just been great to see him we just love the Lord and his whole family. And We're just thankful for that ministry and the opportunity for him as one of our elders to get up and baptize. It's also fun to see dads get in the tub too, right? Just great stuff. Good to see Jason in there with Eileen this morning. So just a real privilege. Um, when we go to Bible college and they teach you how to put a sermon together, the, the, the rudimentary formula is three points in a poem. So this morning, we're going to do three poems in a point. We're going, to, we're going to mix it up a little bit. But uh, if you'd turn in your Bibles to 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2, and we'll get started there. It says this. And I, I didn't relegate my Bible to a uh, secondary position on the, the podium here. It's just that I've enlarged some of the print here so I can read it better. 61-year-old eyes kind of get like that too, Todd. So, yeah, things happen. So my little children... I am writing these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Isn't that amazing? It's an awesome thing. You know, something that's really special to me, I've always appreciated much, is poetry. Does anybody here like poetry? I've got this new book of poetry right here that was, that was published. And it's one gentleman that's taking us on a bit of a spiritual journey here from not knowing Christ, from being lost to seeking and then being saved. And uh, one of the poems he has in here, it's entitled Glow, and it reads as this. Frosty winter night shivering in the snow. Yes, he's from Minnesota. Um, There is hope to make my heart glow, to melt a frozen heart in the depths of despair, God, I cry out to you in my desperate prayer. God's mercy and grace blow the coals into flame to end my misery of life and of shame. Love is the flame, grace is the glow, warming my heart for a new start, drifting away the pain of life, lifting away all the strife. Isn't that awesome? It's just beautiful. Taking those words that have collected in your heart and in your mind, and distilling those down into some great verse that just talks about how we know this longing for Christ. It's made. When we're, when, we're, when we're made, it's in us. It's something that is constantly pulling at us as we go through life. Some drown it out with all kinds of extemporaneous things. Joel, am I okay? Are we done? All right. Okay, good. All right. So obviously, I'm not like Justin Timberlake or anybody. I don't know how these things work. or just get up here and talk. <laughs> so, but, um, but as I read these verses, and, and this is something, number one, I wanted to talk about this just because I love saying the word propitiation. It's just kind of a very cool word. That's a lot of fun. But two, this is just really the heart of the matter. We saw three young people. And folks, does camp work? Camp works. Hey, I, I want to give a testimony here too. Um, A few weeks ago, I made a plea uh, for people to help send kids to camp. And immediately on Sunday, that afternoon, I had people texting me, said, hey, all my grandkids are going to camp this year, we want to send more. They're sending multiple more kids to do that. The second response was one of our college girls, Lauren, She's like, she's like, my dad's pulling his, his phone out right there in the service going, yeah, I want to send kids to camp. And she goes, dad, you can wait till after the service is done. So, but it's been a tremendous response. I don't know how much money we've collected, I never ask. I just know this, money is not the reason for your kid to not go to camp. We want your kid in camp. If you can't pay, and folks, we know what the grocery store's got, what the prices have gone through. We know, right, things are tough, things are tight, things are different, they're changing. We wanna send kids to camp because you know what? Camp works, right? Camp works. It's not just the week at camp, it's the investment here, but we see the fruit of it there because God gets them away and they can have a great time and they can think about him and they can focus on him and he can speak to their hearts and he speaks to their minds and he transforms them. So it's just a very, very awesome and cool thing. So if you wanna send a kid to camp, send them. Please do that. I don't care if you can give five, 10, 20, you can pay for the whole freight, whatever you can do. If you wanna send a kid to camp, any donation is important and priceless. All right, priceless. So, um, John's writing this, and he's got a problem. It's no different than the problem today. There's these heretics coming into the church. Now, John writes this, and the first thing he says, and I just think there's just three things I want to look at this morning. It's just, just our position, people, okay, and then Jesus' position, and then the world's position. But this, um, these verses this line out for us that there was was something that John was writing about that he was combating in the church. And the heresies back then that were being spoken of, were some, some of them were these. People were had been in the church had left the church, and there's multiple sites, okay, that John had been working with, but these people were denying that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Son of God. They were also denying that they had, Jesus had come in the flesh. And back then, I mean, think about it, you look at the Greco-Roman uh, impression on society back then. For hundreds of years, the Greeks had been in charge. Now this area was ruled by the Romans, right, just several decades before Jesus was born, they took over. And so they, they were all these um, crazy mythological people that they worshipped, or gods that they worshipped, small g, right? And so it, it brought in this really weird vein of thinking. And part of it was, material is bad, spirit is good. So they had this constant conflict going on where they're thinking, hey, you know, the body is kind of whatever. It just does whatever it does because it's evil, but this doesn't damage my relationship with God because that's my spiritual side. Well, that's exactly what John is combating here. He's talking out. He's speaking against this. He says uh, one of the other problems was these people were denying their own personal sin as a result of their thinking. And the last thing I'll mention is Jesus um, denying the salvation through the complete work of Christ. It was complete heresy. It was unbelievable and total uh, contradiction to everything that these people had been taught. And these teachers that were coming in, they were stealing people away. So Todd's, Todd, sorry, Todd, look over at Todd. So John's message was to reinforce the truth, the doctrine, the unchanging truth that he had faithfully committed and entrusted to them, but also to instruct them, do not receive these people, do not entertain these people. Turn them back, turn them away. Don't put up with them. Because he knew his believers were in this position. Number one, they were his. Here first and immediately, my, my. These are his people. These are people that he knew, loved, and had great relationship with. And so he was reading, reading back to his, his children. The second thing is um, sin. He didn't want them to miss the mark. He didn't want them to, in word, action, or thought get away from Christ. He did, he did not want to see them actually commit the sin of turning their back on Christ and rebelling against God and his commands because Jesus was the fulfillment of the holy law, right? That's how we can have this redemption. So the second, the second part of it is, is what was Jesus' position? Well, one of the things that he appealed to in this letter was to deal specifically with the immateriality of Jesus, right? He was eternal. Yes, he had an earth suit like us, for a period of time and now he's back where with the father so as he comes in and jesus is um, uh, at this point then because of his complete work and return to heaven he is now standing at the right hand of the father and he's doing what he's becoming exactly what it says here he's our advocate but if anyone sins we have an advocate with the father jesus christ awesome Jesus is constantly vigilant and on guard and turning back Satan. Now, you can see in your scriptures as you read through it, Satan's described as a roaring lion, right? He's going to and fro without the earth. He's just enraged all the time. But can you imagine this? He, you know, here's, here's Satan comes up and goes, hey, Grant, sinned again. And Jesus goes, hold on a second here. Yeah, I got a prayer of confession right here. And uh, yeah, Grant, yeah, I'm sorry. No charge is going to be held against Grant. Grant is free. I am free from the penalty of sin. I am free from the power of sin. Is that an awesome thing? But the thing John is talking about is, hey, folks, there are times you might sin, but that is not what we're after. We do not want to do that in our lives. We don't want to bring that upon ourselves. So he encourages us. To say, hey, listen, we don't have to listen to Satan. We don't have to listen to our old, old nature. We don't have to listen to the system of the world and do what it says. We can say, hey, listen, I know I am rock solid and kept in Jesus Christ because he is alive and he is advocating for me. The next part is it calls him the righteous one. There is no one else that could have been sacrificed on a cross and many were but no one else could be sacrificed on the cross that lived a sinless life right that was dead buried and resurrected and transformed and taken back to the father except for the son because he was going back to where he'd come from but folks while we have our cross it's not up here right now but we have our cross there is no one hanging on the cross Jesus hung on the cross one time and that's it He has a finished and complete work. So his work here on earth at this time is done. His work in heaven is ongoing. Right? And we are so thankful for it. Because we are sinners saved by grace. We don't want to, but we have this constant battle with the Holy Spirit and the deposit that's been put in us to know. So we know we're secured, But we also have this old man that we have to kill. We have to die to him every day. Right? We say, no way. And folks, confession is not being tearful because you got caught. Confession is not being embarrassed or ashamed. Confession is this. I agree with God. My sin was my sin. I own this thing. And by the way, I'm going to judge this thing. I'm going to put it to death right now. I'm going to agree with God no more. I'm not going back there anymore. Does anybody like that? You do not have to go back. If you're listening to God, I'm telling you right now, if you're in a sinful situation... And he's, ta- he's talking to you. He's telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. And that's what John is saying. Don't listen to these people. You have the wisdom. You have the knowledge. You have the insight. You have the discernment. We've taught you these things. You can be free of this. Right? You can be free of this. All right? So very, very exciting stuff. So um, Jesus then was holy, the holy sacrifice that satisfied God's holy law. That's what being the propitiation means. He was the satisfaction of God's holy law. And that's the thing that we cannot do. We cannot keep God's law perfectly. We cannot satisfy the tenets of the law. And so he needed to send a savior for us. And he did that very thing. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is the world's position. The world needs a savior. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only. Oh, excuse me. I I forgot something here. Girls, I forgot something. I messed you up. Catherine. Catherine is one of our senior high girls. She's working in the booth back there with Kelsey today. And I skipped something. All right? Skipped something here. This is important. So if we want to go to the first um, slide, God's Unchanging Word. Thanks, guys. We got her? Okay. So as a Christian, as a believer... There are certain things that, and I think sometimes we get caught and trapped because we're not focusing on what God wants us to focus on. But here are just some things that that come out later on in that same passage in John 2 that God tells us we have. Okay, number one, his unchanging word. Beloved, this is verse 7. Beloved, I am writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. God's word is truth and never changes. Is the world around us a relative place? Relatively speaking. Yes, it is, right? The world is, a, is filled with relativity. Everybody wants to have their own personal take on what the truth can, should and, and they want it to look like. But that's their own personal preferences. John's saying, "No folks, I spoke the truth to you. The truth is the truth. It is unchanging. You can have great confidence in that because the truth is yours awesome awesome second thing in verse 10 it says we have fellowship with the family whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling all right how many people here started working out at the beginning of january okay only a couple brave souls will admit that or everybody else is still looking forward to kevin's cookies tomorrow or this afternoon all right um, how many people have since given up on their workouts since the beginning of January, right? They know, right? Every, you know, every year, the memberships at the, at the club spike, and everybody has all this hope, and they run headlong into the new year, and they don't make it. They get two weeks in, 50% are gone. By the end of the month, about 75% of the people are gone. This is you know, I'm not making that up. This is exactly what it is. And then to make yourself feel better, you keep your membership going because, well, yeah, you know, you can talk to your friends. Yeah, I got a membership. I got a membership at the club. Yeah, I go to work out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm that, right? But um, when we fellowship with the family, you don't have to work out. You don't have to be anything super special. We love you. We love one another. You know, TJ is one of our young college guys. Moved into town, didn't know us. He's only been here for a few months, and he's already making great friends in our college group, right? But he's been at men's activities. He's, he's jumping in. Uh, what he didn't tell you was that when he was at Crew, he went from being a young guy that just discovered his relationship with Christ and Christ becoming a savior to being one of the leaders at Crew, right? Completely out of his uh, introverted demeanor and his bet that God made him with. So I'm very proud of this guy, and I'm just thankful because the Lord just keeps dumping these amazing college kids on us and i tell you what, our college kids serve. They're serving everywhere. They serve, they help at VBS, they teach out on children's, they're up with youth. I mean, they're all over the place. They're doing all kinds of great things. So I'm so thankful for that. But we can just revel in the fact that when we come to church, we have this unbelievable fellowship. Even though genetically, the earth would look at us and say, you guys aren't family. We know spiritually, because it's a blood relationship that Jesus bought us with, that we truly are family. Right? And this is a place you could come for help. And this is a place we help every month if people get stuck and things are hurt. I know we've helped multiple people this month already just with our cash donations that come in that are over and above people's general offering. I'm excited for the ladies in March to be coming in and sitting in these new chairs. Didn't Todd do a fantastic job this morning? It was unbelievable, right? I was so excited about this. God's provision. You know, almost, it's just like, here's 20-some thousand dollars in about just a little over 30 days. Wow. Like, wow, this is incredible, right? We have this incredible fellowship. It's one of the benefits here. The world does not have this. The world is a meat grinder. The world is a place where it just chews people up and spits them out. Okay, next one. We have security in our forgiveness. I'm writing to you in verse 12. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Yeah. I am forgiven. Completely. I was born into sin. That was my very nature. And Jesus stepped in and said, no more. Grant, no more. You're going to be mine. And not everybody in this room is at that place yet. Maybe you're just here investigating. Maybe you're someone that's just kind of understanding for the first time and you've been around for a while maybe you're just here for the first time and this makes sense to you well listen that's god talking he just wants to tell you i want to save you i want to secure you i want to make you my child i want to make you my man my daughter my whatever you know he's just he 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 wants to make sure that we know that this is not something you can lose why you can't keep this yourself That's why Jesus has to be the advocate for us in heaven, because this is a supernatural relationship that was sought out by him, that was given by him, that was bought by him, and it's kept by him. And we simply are the benefactors, right? We're simply the benefactors. This is a great, great opportunity. So we are uh, strong in our position, we are secure. Third thing, the word abides in me, verse 14. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So two things there. Now, one, number one, the word abides in me. First um, John, one nine is what? It's one of our one of our memory verses out of a Bible study that we encourage everybody to walk through and become as a, as a disciple here, and bring someone with you through it. Right, First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He's what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? all unrighteousness because god sees us through the lens of jesus christ isn't that awesome you know you can be forgiven i know there's people that carry weight their whole life because they just don't know that god wants to forgive you of all your sins all of them that's amazing why is it so amazing i'm not worthy i am that guy I am a sinner, but God says, no Grant, you're my son. I love you, I'm gonna put you in a great place, I'm gonna surround you with great people, I'm gonna give you my word, and you know what? That word is living, Jesus Christ is living. And so the truth is something that I walk in every single day and it holds me up and it sustains me and it keeps me and it carries me and it's gonna carry me all the way to my final destination. Awesome, awesome. The last thing is just overcoming Satan. I don't care who you were. If you're saved, you're not that person anymore. And you don't have to act like it. You don't have to act like it. Here's a great opportunity for you to walk out of here today And whatever has been besetting you, whatever Satan's been chasing you, and I know he's chasing you, he chases me every day too, he is trying to take you down. He wants to take you out. He wants you to hurt that relationship with your Savior. He wants you to be out of sync with your spouse or your family, but you don't have to do it anymore. You can just simply tell him, no, I've defeated you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Awesome or awesome? Good. Good. All right, so the last thing is this. Um, I want to talk about um, the, the position of the world. And one of the things that's so awesome, that's so amazing and so great is when you see God get hold of somebody and he just radically changes their life. And people step out. And this great salvation that we have, that we've been talking about, you can't keep it to yourself You have to get it out. You have to talk to others about it. And everybody does this in a different way. God has gifted us in a different way. So I read you that first poem. We talked a little bit about salvation. I want to read another poem for you here. And it's out of this same book called Redemption. Salvation. God provided a way of salvation for all the people of his creation. God sent Jesus to die upon the cross. Because of Jesus, we don't suffer such a loss. Christ's gift of salvation freely given, all so we could be forgiven. God's love, Christ's death, allows us heaven above. Jesus loves, he suffered and bled for me and you. He is the only one that would go to the cross for me and you. It was for all sinners, like me and you, that Jesus died. Confess and trust Jesus as your Savior and forever with him abide. My whole life I have been in rebellion and sin. I confess my sin to my Savior Jesus. New life can begin. My whole life I have been a harvester of sorrow. Your forgiveness, grace, and mercy, a new tomorrow. If you would welcome to the stage with me, Mr. Sean Ewing. Sean. Sean is one of our members here. And he, I'm just going to read this. A little bit off the back jacket here, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? All right. Thanks for coming up, Sean. Sure. Your hair looks great today, by the way. Yeah, like yours. Sean Ewing is a passionate follower of Jesus. He holds a Master's of Theology degree from North Central Theological Seminary and is a certified biblical counselor through the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. He believes poetry is an effective method to convey faith and truth of biblical principles as he journeys
1: through this life.
0: Isn't that awesome? So, Sean, how many books have you written? Uh, that one. This is it, yeah, right? Yeah, this is it. Yeah. What, what was it that sparked this to, to pursue making this, turning this into a book?
1: Sure. Um, it, it started a few years back, um, just the gospel. You know, I mean, I can talk to my neighbors, and we do. And, but what else can we do? You know, how else can we have an impact on the, on the people in the world? you know about what's what's going on really in our hearts. And poetry for me has just been really special. It's always it's been a part of my life for a long time, not so much as a author, you know, but just reading it. But part of it too is just something that's not just like a bunch of de- technical details, mm. right? I mean, it's just like how do you how do you honestly talk about like what you're preaching about sin. I mean, what what is that? Right. What, what the world says very different things, right? Um, it doesn't say there's a, a great savior in Christ, you know, right. but really it's just the gospel. How, how, how can poetry um, in in a concept, you know, talk about being lost to being saved and redeemed in Christ? Right. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to say that. There's a lot of, you know, word patterns and, you know, formulas and whatnot to, you know, to try and get there. Right. So, but it was also kind of a combination of uh, of writing, but also having an image. So, w- something I really enjoy is is having both, you know, to, com- to basically hit a couple different sides of our brain, right? And be able to communicate that message of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, from being lost to redeemed. All right.
0: Yeah. Great. Now, have you had anybody read this book yet that's been impacted by it?
1: I have a a, a little bit. Uh even before it was published, um it's it's like even you, you read on the back. I think that was the hardest part because yeah. I want it to just be under the radar, right. right? When I first sent it off, uh I just said Sean is a Christ follower. That they, they didn't like that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you got to do more than that. But um I, there's a little Christian community that I have uh, where I work, and I actually had a really good opportunity to talk to one of the ladies that were in the community, and just she just didn't really understand. It's was like, well, why would you want to have a book and never advertise it, right? Why right. would you do that? Why would the publisher say yes to that? Right. And I had a good conversation that I probably would have never had without having writing something about you know poetry. Right. Um, I did get a card from a a person I know that you know just out of out of the blue, right? Just said some pretty interesting things, you know, about what he read and yeah. you know some of the impact that he had as a result of it. So, yeah.
0: was this your son's friend we
1: talked about? Ah, uh, son-in-law's son-in-law's friend. Yeah, yeah, his brother actually. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it's like we don't we don't know. I mean, we're just gardeners, right? Just. Right. Talk about the gospel. Talk about Christ. Talk about salvation. Talk about hope. You know that the hope and life is not this world. It's not. It's not the systems of this world. It's. It's a. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah. that that's it, it. Does open some doors that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is just. A,
0: I, I think one of the the reason I had Sean come up is I, I read this book. And I had a great privilege, he actually asked me to write an endorsement for it on the back, so I was able to do that, which is really cool. But I read the whole thing, to cover to cover. There's some, some cool pictures in there with it, too. But when Sean and I first talked about this, this is just one way that he's reaching out to people to share the gospel, right? To, to start the conversations, to draw people closer to Christ. So I think this is a really important thing, and as we get started this new year and we're working out as a family, right, we're, we're getting our spiritual muscles up and running to be able to effectively communicate the gospel with people. If you're a person that really enjoys poetry or you know people that do, where could you buy this book, Sean? Uh, it's
1: on Amazon. It's
0: on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I personally have 10 copies already. And so if you need a copy like today, I'd be happy to give you one of those. And you can take that home with you. That would be fantastic. But also, um, Sean, an MDiv and a, a licensed counselor, but you're just part of a fantastic duo here. Is, does Catherine have the same education as you? Um, she is a biblical counselor, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Catherine's also a biblical counselor, and I know they've worked with and helped people from our church already, and they do the same for others. So if you're looking for someone that you can talk to, <coughs> both Catherine, Sean's wife, and Sean are licensed counselors, and we would recommend that you can get in touch with them as well. Sean, thanks so much for coming up and and just sharing a few words about yeah, appreciate this. I appreciate it. it. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. you. You bet. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to be national number one bestseller now, <laughs> but um, I, I can tell
1: you no. <laughs> but, yeah. but
0: but your your desire to me was this: if you see one person come to Christ because Absolutely. of this, praise right, God. That's it. Yep. That's it. For sure. Yep. Thank you. All right. right Everybody. So just just a couple thoughts as we wrap up here this morning, and. Um, Just talk about the world we talked about how tough it is out there and you know there's only two places where there is no hope heaven and hell if you're there you're there now for those of us who aren't there yet but are looking forward to going to heaven we had a job to do Sean just gave us one example of one of the many creative people here that God has gifted to actually share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, so other people can, can understand it and God can draw them to himself and he allows us to be part of that process. This is going to be a great year. 2022 is going to be an amazing time. God is so faithful. He continually brings people here because Pastor Brad does a fantastic every, job every week sharing the gospel. We have a great sense of love and belonging here and we thank the Lord for every opportunity we have. So, I've read you two poems today. As we wrap this up, the third poem is this. It's you. third poem is you. Sean wrote us a book called Redemption. Right? You may not write it down on a piece of paper or publish it in a book, but somewhere, someone is waiting patiently hurting and they need to hear your poem they need to hear you they need to see how God took your life from rubble and ruin from rebellion and disaster from self-centeredness and pride and delivered you to a new life Amen? amen amen if you don't know Jesus as your savior come and talk to me you can have one of Sean's books as long as I've got copies here. <laughs> but I only have, like I said, 10. But if you don't know Christ your savior, you saw it this morning. Young people, understand. It's so, so simple to say, not my will, Lord, but yours. No more trust in myself. I place all my trust, my hope in you because Jesus is the savior. He is the righteous one. He is the advocate. He is alive, and he's coming back for me, so someday I will be with him. That's what we're after. That's what we live for. That is how we keep our compass pointed north. That is the thing that drives us in this ministry, and everybody is here, and I hope you're part of it today. So if you don't know Christ your Savior, you can do that really simply today. Just confess. Tell him, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need Jesus. It's really simple. Let's pray. Father in heaven, if there's someone here that doesn't know Christ or their Savior, I pray today is the day that they would just simply say, all right, I've been sitting in this pew my whole life. It's time to shed it. It's time to stop faking it. It's time to stop playing a game. I'm not being opposed anymore. Father, I need you. I need you to save me. I want the salvation that you have through Jesus Christ. I know it's the only way. Lord, I need your salvation. So Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to come and talk for even just these few minutes this morning about your greatness and your goodness and your freedom. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.